Sometimes we just need a kick in the pants. In last week's episode, God gave Isaac a spiritual kick to get him back on track. This week, as we study Genesis 26, 12-32, we see how that kick enabled Isaac to have the perseverance and patience necessary to see him through a difficult trial. Hello, this is Pastor Jim Cleveland. Thank you for tuning in to Mule Mountain Messages, uplifting biblical sermons from the Community Church of Warren in historic Bisbee, Arizona. Our services are Sunday mornings at 1030, and if you're looking for a church home, we want to invite you to come and join our family. For more information, call 520-432-4722. Now may God speak to you through His Word this day. And may we, as the body of Christ, go forth in compassionate boldness to proclaim the hope and the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost, confused, and hopeless world. There was a cowboy who had two horses. The boy, try as he may, he just couldn't tell them apart. He cut the mane off of one, but it grew back. He cut some tail off of the other, but it grew back, and... He was in a quandary trying to tell these two horses apart. So one day he was over at Burger King with his buddies and uh, one of his good friends suggested, hey, why don't you measure both of them? And he said, boy, that's a great idea. I think I'll do that. So about a week later, he comes back into Burger King and he sees his friends and his friend asked him, hey, how did that work out measuring the horses? And he said, you know what? That worked out great. Now I know the black one is a full two inches taller than the white one. Well, here we are again, looking and continuing our look at uh, the book of Genesis, and specifically Isaac. And today we're going to, well, let me first recap uh, where we were last week. Now, as a result of the famine, Isaac was living in a town called Gerar. Things were going well until he was confronted with a situation he just wasn't really prepared for. The uh, men of Gerar came up and they saw Rebecca and how beautiful she was and uh, and they started asking about it and about her and and he he panicked and he didn't know what to say so he lied. He said, "Hey, she's not my wife, she's my sister." And it worked for a little while, but I can't imagine that Isaac was very happy at that point, having to fend off all these suitors to his wife. Uh, But eventually what happened, he got caught. You know, our sins will find us out. And uh, the king of Gerar there, the Abimelech, saw him uh, um, being affectionate towards Rebekah. And so he realized, hey, that's not his sister, that's his wife. And he confronted um, Isaac with that, and Isaac was really shamed by this pagan king of the Philistines, and and um, and so the king issued a decree that no one was to harm Isaac or touch Rebecca, and that was probably the spiritual kick in the pants that Isaac needed. It's kind of similar to what occurred to Abraham after he uh, was kicked out of Egypt. Remember. Abraham went back to the land that God had told him to be in, and he built an altar. He rededicated his life to the Lord. And as a result, we saw how God blessed Abraham. Remember, if you will, that 
Abraham's herds had grown so big that he and his nephew Lot had to go separate ways to avoid any conflict over the grazing and watering of the herds. You see, from time to time, God has to give us a spiritual kick in the pants to get us back on track. And He'll sometimes use others to do so. And if we're smart, we'll heed the kick because there's blessings in obedience. Well, Isaac seemed to have been smart enough to heed the kick. There apparently has been some lapse in time between verse 11 and verse 12, uh, probably years in time frame. But unlike Abraham, Isaac was able to stay in the land and he made the most of it. We read where Isaac sowed in the land. And this is the first instance, interesting enough, that we see in uh, agriculture, first instance of agriculture that we see on the part of the patriarchs. And maybe what Isaac thought that with a growing herd and as a defense against future famine, he wanted to experiment with growing his own food and see how that worked out. Well, Whatever the reason, it worked out really well. The Bible says he reaped a hundredfold. The Bible says the Lord blessed him. And the blessing came because Isaac put his focus back on God and off of himself. See, when Isaac had panicked and lied about Rebekah being his wife, he took his focus off of God and placed it on himself. And that perhaps is an understandable first reaction we engage in a bit of self-preservation when confronted with sticky and perhaps frightening situations. But the problem is that when we do that, we take our eyes off of God and we place it squarely on ourselves. Which, as my Uncle Jim used to say, is a bad recipe. Taking our eyes off God will always result in spiritual failure. See, I'm reminded of my time in the Navy and working on boats. And more specifically, I'm reminded of the times I got seasick, which was a miserable experience. And they say one of the techniques to avoid seasickness is to not focus on the seas around the ship, but to look at the horizon. The horizon is stable, and therefore somewhat more calming. And you see, as believers in this stormy sea we call life, We need to focus on Jesus, that calming influence. The writer of Hebrews tells us to look to Jesus, to fix our eyes on Jesus. And if we keep our eyes on Him, then we can weather the storms and be prepared. You see, Isaac had taken his eyes off of God, but with God's amazing grace and mercy, Isaac was able to refocus, recalibrate, and turn back to God with And with that came blessings a hundredfold. Because the Bible says that the Lord blessed him, this is why I believe that Isaac had turned back to God, that he had repented, that he had sought forgiveness, and he had renewed his trust and relationship with Jehovah God. If we're not looking to God, if we're continually going our own way, then I do believe God withholds blessings. But here we see God has not only blessed him, but blessed him a hundredfold. Now don't mistake this for a name it, claim it, prosperity type of teaching. Let's listen to what J. Vernon McGee says about this passage. 
we must remember that he, talking about God, is not promising us that blessing. He has promised spiritual blessings to us. We are told that we are blessed with all spiritual blessings, and that is our portion today. But that blessing is on the same term, on the same terms. It depends on our walk with God. If you will permit him, God wants to bless you abundantly in your spiritual life. We find here that Isaac is greatly blessed. <clears throat> So blessed that the Philistines became jealous and began a campaign of intimidation and vandalism against Isaac and his herds. And they did that by filling in the dirt with dirt the wells that uh, Isaac's father Abraham had dug. This is all one, also one of the first enmities recorded between the Philistines and what would become the Jewish nation. And it only got worse, continuing even to today even though they are not Philistines per se, but still they are not the Jewish nation and there's always been this warfare, this conflict. Well, finally the Abimelech, the leader of the Philistines, came to Isaac and told him he had to go. He had grown too powerful and was perceived to be a threat to the people of Gerar. And it seems that Isaac didn't argue or fight back. By this point, he knew that God was going to place him where he needed to be. Again, this is similar to Abraham when he let Lot cho choose the land he wanted. Abraham knew that God would provide regardless of what Lot chose. And God told him that it was all his anyway. I believe Isaac had gotten to the point where he knew that God would provide and that his provision was not from the Abimelech, but from God himself. And that's worth us remembering as well. If we've trusted Jesus as our Savior, God provides for us as well. We are to put our trust in him, not in circumstances, not in princes, not in kings. So Isaac puts out the word, and they, and the clan... Uh, folds up their tents, and uh, and they move. And they move down into the valley, it says, and they set their tents back up, and they reopen the well that was, uh, wells that were dug by his father, but filled in by the Philistines. And all seemed well. All was going okay, it seems. Until his servants dig, and they find a well of running water, an artesian well, a spring where the water just flows up naturally. It bubbles to the surface, and it doesn't have to be um, pulled out by way of bucket or gourd or whatever they used. Well, once they saw this clean, fresh water coming up, the Philistines came down again and said, hey, this is ours. They claimed it as their own. Now, are they trying to goad Isaac? Who knows? But Isaac doesn't take the bait. So after naming the well Essek, which means, interesting enough, argument, he abandons the well to the Philistines and has another one dug. Same story. Philistines come, quarrel with his herdsmen. This time he names the well, he names the well Sitna, which means hostility, and he moves on. And he digs another well. Isaac persevered. 
and he didn't let circumstances get him down or anger him. He just put his faith and trust completely in God. And that's a great example for us today in these times of uncertainty, in these times of turmoil, in these times of, of confusion. You know, we're not to let these circumstances get us down. We're not to let these uh, things anger us, even though we hear things in the news all the time that we just shake our head at and, and get angry. And, you know, we're, we're to remember that God leads us, God guides us, God provides for us. And, you know, Jesus did tell us that there were going to be hard and difficult times, that there will be trials. In fact, uh, the Bible actually talks about several um, instances of trials for believers. If you look at what Paul went through, for example, and all the things that he did, shipwrecks and being um, in the stonings and, and the lashings and being kicked out of town, um, yet he persevered. And you know what? As believers, we're called to persevere through these trials and hardships. Listen to Romans 5.3. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. James 1.12 says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. And Galatians 6, 9. Let us not grow, uh, sorry, let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. And Isaac is a good example of just persevering, not growing weary, not letting the circumstances get him down. Now, maybe somebody would see this and say, uh, Isaac was weak. He was just a pushover. But I think a measure of our strength is our ability to trust God and not strike back. To let God handle it. After all, that's what he tells us to do. Isaac, at this point, was very powerful. I mean, even the Abimelech admitted as such when he said, you got to leave because you're, you're mightier than we are. And perhaps Isaac could have made a fight out of it, man, could have won. But he knew it wasn't worth that. He knew that's not what God was calling him to do. And, and see, you, you can hear from God when you have your eyes focused on God. And you're not focusing on yourself. You're not focusing on your your hardship. You're not focusing on your trial. You're not focusing on your difficulty. But you're focusing on God and holding on to Him to help you get through this. And this is what I believe Isaac was doing at this time. Now, that doesn't mean there's never a time to take up arms. I mean, I look at uh, Abraham when Lot was kidnapped. And he took up arms. He took up arms to free Lot from the kings who had kidnapped him. And, and he went after him. He, they fought. Abraham won with the Lord's help. And he freed Lot and recovered all the treasure, not only of Lot, and, but of, uh, of the kings there in uh, that valley. But Isaac knew this didn't rise to the level of that. 
Isaac knew that ultimately God had a plan and he could trust in him. So Isaac moved on and finally dug a well in a place where the Philistines did not dispute him. He named it Rehoboth, which means open space. He recognized that God brought him to this place and he brought him, that God brought him to the place he wanted him to be. He says, For now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. Now, interesting, this is a, I think this is a very interesting part. The Bible tells us from there that Isaac goes to Beersheba. Well, what's so interesting about that? Well, Beersheba is the place where Abraham had made a covenant with the Philistines. And it's also a place where Abraham had made an altar. Beersheba was a place where Isaac and Abraham and Sarah lived when God told Abraham to take Isaac and sacrifice him on Mount Moriah. And it was there at that time when Isaac experienced God's saving grace and his provision of the ram to be that sacrifice. I think you could say that Isaac felt close to God in Beersheba. And I think he felt maybe a need to return, perhaps to feel even closer to God, especially after the challenges that he had just endured. Think about what he had done. He had a famine. He had a humiliating experience with Abimelech. He, uh, um, he had been driven out of the land and uh, not once, but twice, but like three times until finally he came to the place where God wanted him to be. Even in the best of times, that would be difficult and that would be exhausting. So to rest, Isaac went back to Beersheba. And sure enough, that very night, God arrived. And uh, that very night that Isaac arrived, God appeared to him. And God again confirmed the covenant and assured Isaac of his safety and his blessings. Another hilltop experience. You know, God desires fellowship with us. He wants us to be close. Listen to Revelations 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. God wants that relationship with you. God wants that fellowship with you. God wants to be close to you. God has his arms wide open to throw around you, but it's us. We're the ones who put up the barriers between us and God. So to commemorate this time that God appeared to him, Isaac, like his father, builds an altar to commemorate, remember, and worship God. Well, while he was there, Isaac's servants began digging yet another well. And by now, I am sure they were pretty good at digging wells. And while they're doing that, this Philistine delegation arrives, led by the king himself. And it was the king and his uh, top military guy and, and probably his secretary of state equivalent uh, political guy. And he came and, and he arrived and he came up and approached Isaac. And Isaac was blunt. I mean, by this time, you know, Isaac was human. And uh, Isaac asked him, what do you want? He says, you kicked me out. You obviously don't like me. You don't want me around. Why are you here? And the king admitted. He said that 
we recognize that God is with you. And they desired peace because they knew if God was with Isaac as powerful as as much as he was and as powerful as Isaac was, they knew that he was a person that they needed to be at peace with. And so they wanted to make a treaty and a covenant to that effect. So Isaac agreed. He didn't uh, hold a grudge. He forgave them. And you know what? We need to forgive as well. We do not need to be holding grudges. We need to make peace as God provides opportunity. I think too many people hold grudges today. And it isn't good for them. Or, if you're a believer, it isn't good for the kingdom of God. We need to forgive. We need to let go. And we need to keep our eyes on God. So Isaac and Abimelech and everybody celebrated. They took an oath. And Isaac sent them home in peace. Right afterwards, his servants came up and said, Hey, boss, by the way, we struck water. Looks like a good well. So the blessings of obedience for Isaac continue. Now this example of Isaac uh, gives us a great example in patience, perseverance, praise, and prayer. All virtues that we as believers in Jesus Christ should exhibit in our dealings with both each other and with those outside the faith. Is it hard? Yeah, it is. But for us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, with His power, we can succeed. We can be a powerful witness for the kingdom of Christ and reap the spiritual blessings that God is so eager to bestow upon us. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I do thank You for Your Word. I thank You, Lord, that we can see in Your Word the examples set by uh, men who have given their lives to You, have sold out to You, have decided to live for You. And, and right now, Lord, we see Isaac in this example of a man who exhibits this patience and perseverance. He praises You and prays to You, Lord God. And so, Father, I pray You help us to be people of patience and perseverance, prayer and praise. Father, blessings and all uh, here. And Father, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord Jesus, fill us with your Spirit and send us out with confidence in your Word to tell the world of your saving acts and to bring glory to your name, in which we pray. Amen. Now go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.